0: Today's dach is dach lamed. We are holding at the bottom of Chavtes Ahmed Bey's. This is about uh, 10 lines from the bottom. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Rav Chista praised Rav Mluna to Rav Mluna that he was a great man. It's interesting. We'd learned to Sukya earlier that Rav hamuna actually. Became a Talmud of Ravuna, it was Mashba. But anyway, so Chista praised Rav Hamluna to Ravuna that he was a great man. So Ravuna said, I'm lay." He said, Rav Hista, when he comes to your hand, means when you next time you meet him, have bring him to me so I can get to meet him as well. So he also, so when Rav Hamluna came before Ravuna, so Ravuna saw that Rav Hamluna was not covering his head. Rashi brings down that it was the minog at those times is that when you got married, you would start on putting on a special head covering. And Mr. Bruce says that's the minog for Ashkenazim, that they start wearing a talus by marriage, right? Svar didn't do it all the time, but but Ashkenazim saw by he said this is this is the source for that, that he was still that he, he he wasn't wearing a uh, a, a cloth cover. So Amalai, my time alone, Paris' Udras is why aren't you wearing the cloth over your head? So i The only sin is well, I'm not married. So Adin lahapemineh. Rav Huna turned his face away from him. Didn't want to look at him. So Amale, Khazil Chazit lechazit lehu laapa He says you should see see to it that you don't look into my face again until you get married. I don't want to like I don't want to see your face until until, until you get married. So says that Rav is following his own position. What is his position? Dam ben A person hits the age of twenty and does not yet get married. Kol his entire life will be in sin. It says he b'avera. So that means actually he'll be in sin his whole life if he doesn't get married by twenty. Ella kol yama It means that his whole life will be with thoughts of sin. Meaning that if a person is able to get married before the age of twenty, he's able to ch- channel and harness his Yetzirah in a way that it doesn't become completely embedded within him. But if you hit the age of 20 and you don't get married yet, the Yetzir is going to be so embedded that that you're not necessarily going to do Averas, but to shake the the, the thoughts of Avera, that will be very difficult. So therefore, he did not want to look at him. You don't have to look at the face of a Roshach. He says, you're you're involved in Avera. And here Aveira, if you don't get married, therefore you need to get married if you want me to, to look at you. I'm a Some was taught in the base. Up to the age of twenty, he sits and he hopes, he waits for a person saying, When will this person get married already?" Came when a person reached the age of 20 and did not get married yet, then Omer, Tipa Hatzmosah, let his bones be blasted. That's a very uh, uh, tough gemara, but the point is that, that's where the Hasidim, they want to get up before 20. It's based on this idea is that, is the Eitzahara is more controllable if a person has the outlet for it before the age of 20. Once a person hits 20, it's much more difficult. Amrav Chista, Haida Adivna Michavroi. So Chista says, that which I reached greater levels then my colleagues, the Nasivna Bashitsa, because I got married at 16. They have a if I would have got married at 14. Oh man. He says, then have Giraba I would have been able to tell the Satan arrow in your eyes. Means I would have had complete mastery of the Yetzirah, would I have got married at the age of 14. Alright. amale so, Rabba Ami. Rabba Sidra Ami Adi al Alzavid Now there's two Mahalchim here in the Rashi. Rashi has two ways of learning this. But let's just translate the words. He says, while your hand is still on the neck of your son. What does that mean, while your hand is still on the neck of your son? That means while you still have some control over your child... So then, and so there's an argument, what age is that? From the age of 16 until the age of 22. From the age of 18 to the age of 24. Now what, what, it doesn't say exactly what is that, that, that time period? So take a look at Rashi. the break, second line in Rashi. While your hand is still over the, uh, still on the neck of your son, Takifa, While you still have strength, al until he gets older, lo and he's not, and he doesn't accept your rebuke. Isha means that's the window, the window where you still have control of your child from 16 to 22, from 18 to uh, 24. That's the window where you should marry of your child because he still takes direction from you. So it's much more like this, but even in the second shot, it's much more clearer, but it means that's the optimum age where you can be heavy handed and he will accept it. Less than that age, he's he's not able to perceive what you're, that, that you that you are doing this for his best interest, and therefore don't push below that age, and but above that age, forget it. Then he's his own guy, and uh, and and it and it won't it won't, you know, he he won't be macabre from you. Now let's just keep going in the Rashi because B'shitzar from the age of sixteen, Shonin he gives man lichnos, that's the time when he's now ready to get married. v'yosim Yosem but uh, more than twenty-two, so uh, 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 until sixteen or more than twenty-two, al don't 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 pressure him or force him to get married. another explanation. What does it mean when your hand is on his neck? He says while you still have maximum impact and maximum control over him, That's where you should rebuke him. That's the window of when you can rebuke him into doing the right thing. The age is Mano Miva talking with 18, 16 to 22, 18 to 24. Means basically, according to this child, it's got nothing to do with marriage. The first one is, that's when you should force him to get married. This one is telling me that's when you to put, you want to put rebuke on him, uh, p- uh, put pressure on him to change his ways. You want to put pressure on him to direct him the right way. This is the optimum time to do it. Less than this age, he doesn't have the capacity, intellectually, emotionally, so to, to deal with your rebuke. More than that. He doesn't feel he needs your rebuke, but that's the optimum. So you want to make uh, real changes in your child's life and you want to give him tochocha, you want to rebuke him, you want to castigate him. This is the age that it should be done. So according to the second shot, it's nothing to do with marriage per se. It's talking about being madrich and directing him and going in the right way. All right. So we want to noy that this actually is a machlokas tanoim in the age limits that we're discussing. To, uh, to, the positive says, Chanukh l'nar pi d'arko. is a very important concept, Shlom HaMelech, teaching us that every child needs his own way of how to be educated. It's not one-stop shopping. Chanukh l'nar, each nar needs to be, uh, needs to be educated al pi d'arko, according to the path of that child. That's what it means. Now, what, what is, what, 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 what is the Mahogastan? Shabihudah v'Rabuch says, the window of figuring out what to do for your child is from 16 to 22. And some say it's from 18 to 24. This is that is in here in the chinuch of the child, not as much as concerning the, time, the concept of marriage. Now, that's a very cryptic question. How, to what extent, up to what, uh, what's the, the limit of how much you're supposed to teach your child Torah? Alright, so we're going to see to clarify what exactly. So Amrav Yehuda bar Amr Shmuel, if he Willem and Dan, the person should take an example of a family of, of a fellow whose name was and Dan. Shalimdo, Avi Aviv that he was taught by his, his grandfather, mm-hmm. right? Taught in Mikra, Mikra is Tosh Mishnah, Mishnahi,es Talmud, Gemara, Halachos, Halacha, B'akados, and only Agadata, homiletics. So therefore, so what the Gemara assumes right now when it says to what extent, meaning. How much of Torah is the mitzvah of father to son? Even though there was the grandfather, but the Choritz is bringing the Raya. So it means the it's is the gamut. It's almost a Torah There's a mitzvah of teaching your child. So Mesivay, the more has a following question. Limdo Mikra, the briser says that if all you've taught your son is Mikra, Mikra is Torah Shadakhsav, Emelam Domishno. You, you don't even have an obligation to teach a Mishnah. You fulfill your obligation by teaching him Mikra, right? V'Amarov Mikra Z'Torah. Not only it's not Chavdala Tziprei Tanakh. It's not the full Tanakh. you just focusing on Hamisha Chumshu Torah, making sure your son knows Hamisha Chumshu Torah, you have fulfilled your obligation of talmud torah so then how can you bring me a raya you're trying to show me that he taught him uh, uh, mikra and mishnah and talmud because you don't have you only have to do mikra and not only that only Someone says no no when we when we were talking about to what extent it means generationally this mitzvah of a uh, father teaching his son son he was trying to show that it doesn't really stop with the father if the father is not able to do it The grandfather should do it. That's that's what they extend. Not not exactly how much should be taught, but in terms of how far back. Means even a grandfather has this mitzvah of stepping in and teaching the grandson. That's the point that was being made. Talmud says Kesulim Bedan, Loek Kesulim What it meant is we're bringing a Raya from Kesulim Bedan, not exactly like Kesulim Bedan, but but from a certain aspect of Kesulim Bedan. How so? All well, right, Kesulim Bedan Shalim Da Avi Avi. By Kesulim that he was taught by his grandfather. That means even grandparents have an obligation to teach their grandchildren. But Loek Kesulim but not exactly like Kesulim Bedan, because by there we saw the Il Mikra Mishnah Talmud. He taught him hacha, mikra Arakula. However, Shmuel is only talking about the you only have to teach that's what you have to teach but the point is it goes back to the grandparent is that true is Shmuel correct is a person's grandfather have any obligation to his grandson it says you shall teach them to your son teach Torah to your sons and the Brisa says, "What does it mean yeah. bneichem?" Bneichem is emphasizing. We love neighbor That exactly opposite. You only have the obligation to your sons. You don't have the obligation to it's your true. grandchildren. So how can Shmuel argue with a Brisa? Shmuel said that, the, that we're learning Avos Lo that the grandfather has an obligation. The Brisa seems to say for fairish that what it does not. So Moritz says like this. But what are you going to do? There is a posseh, this is a posseh in, in Sefer Dvorim, it says, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, I'm sorry, There's the posseh says, there's a posseh in, in, in Dvorim, it says, according to this b'risa, the grandchildren are not required to be taught by the grandfather, what do you do with the posseh? It says, you shall make it known to your sons and your grandsons, and the chayret means you shall make Torah known even to your grandchildren—that's what it seems to be saying. <coughs> so, according to what we just said now, according to the Brise, it says the grandchildren are not required to be taught by the grandfather. What are you going to do? With the Pesach It says, Loma malach." has come to teach me something else. Shekala malamed is vino Torah that when you teach your son <speaking in> Torah <Hebrew> <in Hebrew> and you continue the link of the Masorah from Har Sinai, it's ki <speaking> and <in Hebrew> It's as if you've taught him, his son, and his grandson uh, all, all the way... Uh, all the generations. Meaning, being part of the link. Meaning, really only have an obligation to your son. But if you teach your son, and you've made him part of the link, then you're considered to not only have taught him, but you've taught his son and his grandson because now you've allowed for the Masorah to continue. So when the Masorah does continue, it links back up to you. So it's as if, if, it's as if you taught your grandson and your great-grandson, but not that you're actually obligated to do so. Really, in essence, you're not of to teach your <laughs> grandchild. That's what the Gemara is saying right now. But the point is, that's a kasha on Shmuel, because Shmuel can't argue with a Right? So Gemara says, Shmuel, the way to get out of it, when you have an Amorah, that, has acquired, that is being, seems to be refuted from a briser. the defense is to find another tana by which can support his contention. So what do we see up here? So small says he holds like another brysa, like another tana. The says, That according to this brysa when it says that you have an obligation to teach your son, so the earlier brysa's sons are not grandson. According to this bride, it says, even though it says you have to teach your sons, how do I know you also have to teach your grandsons? According to this bride, you shall make it known to your sons and your grandsons. So, what are you going to do with the Drosha? You shall teach your sons. What's it coming to exclude? So, according to this time, it's not coming to exclude the grandchildren. What is it coming to exclude? But not daughters. That's what's been included. You have an obligation on Talmud. To your sons, but not to your daughters. So it comes out there is a machlokus Tanayim when it says that you have to teach your sons what's being excluded. Is excluding grandchildren, not like Shmuel, or is excluding girls. Right. That if a person teaches Torah to his grandson, it's as if he himself has received the Torah from Harsina. The pasuk, says, the pasuk says that you have to make it known, make Torah known to your sons and your grandchildren, right? This is going to like the opinion that you have an obligation to teach your grandchildren. And what's the next Pasuk that says you should let it be known to your sons and your grandsons? That you have to teach your grandchildren. What's the next Pasuk? right next to it, says, the day that you stood by Hashem at Chorah, Chorah is another name for Sinai. So it means you teach your grandchildren how does Hashem consider it as if you yourself, since you now are ensuring the Mesorah from Har Sinai, Hashem considers it as if you yourself were standing by Harsinai. Sinai. Okay. Abchibar Abba of Levi the shadi dis Abba found the great Amora, Yeshua ben Levi that he had thrown a shmata, instead of wearing a fancy, he wasn't wearing his fancy black hat, he was wearing like a tissue on his head. Right? It's covering his head, but it was like a shmata with a tissue. And he's bringing his, the horror, just to make sense with the connection before, a small child, as much as his grandchild, he's bringing his grandchild to the to, to, to school, right, to the Talmud I'm going lay Michael Laha'i. so khibar abu satem why 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 are you rushing and, and you put a a, a a napkin on your head why you didn't take a few minutes out to go find your hat and wear something nice on your head so I'm lay so Reb Shubham Lady answered, Do you make a, uh, insignificant that which is said for banecha? the Posit says that you shall make it known to your your children and the next part, and your grandchildren. I have an opportunity now to take my child, even though I'm not teaching myself, but in fact I'm taking him to go learn Torah, so therefore Hashem considers as if I'm part of that link because I'm standing at our Sinai. So what? I'm going to waste time to go ahead and look for a fancy head covering that, uh, that, 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 that it's more important that I take him to go and not miss the she'er from the Rebbe. So I'm part of the and part of the link that makes a difference. I'm standing at our Sinai to worry about how I look, where I can find where I got a tissue on my head, or where I've got a nice, a nice covering. So from that moment, from that time and on, Rabbi Chirbe Abba took on upon himself. Reb Chirbe Abba, a time They used to, the, the minute used to be back in the day. They used to have a morning barbecue. He used to eat a piece of roasted meat in the morning. So he would not eat his roasted meat. Until what? Until he had taught his grandchild, the way that the back in the day, they used to teach each day a new puzzle. So they would review the puzzle from before, right? And then they would add a new one. That's what we find throughout Shas, they considered to be like a, a, a type of Nevuah. When you go over to a child, Tell me what pasuk did you learn today, and that whatever the child say, that it had like, some kind of uh, nevuah, some kind of uh, prophetic. But but it's a uh, he would accept it on himself that he would not until he had taught his kid, reviewed the yesterday's pasuk and taught today's new pasuk, he would not eat his uh, his roasted meat. All right. So therefore, uh, the So would not eat his umtzah, his roasted meat. Adam Akri until he had taught his kid the reviewed deposit from yesterday, Musvein added a new one from today. Rabo Barrahuna time Umso, he also would not eat his morning Umtsa, his morning roasted meat. Adam Ais the baby Midrash, until he brought his grandchild to base Midrash. It's not clear that it's grandchildren, but just I guess the linkage to the. the Sugya from before, so it might it's much more that it was a branch. I'm Rav Zav Meshum Ben My dear what is meant in the pasuk? The pasuk says, "Vishinantam Levanecho. Now, "Vishinantam levaneko" is a lesson of that there's be shino. It means you, have, you teaching is not enough, right? You have to make sure they know it. So, "Vishinantam" means that they have to know it thoroughly. They have to know it completely. That's the lesson of "shinantam." But the way Rashi seems to learn the sugya over here is that. The right way to say you should teach a child shouldn't be Vishinantam with a double nun. To be Shanisim. Vishanisim, you should teach. Why does it not say Vishanisim? It says Vishinantem. This is the, the way the Forestman explain Rashi's Drosh over here. Because shanisem's is that also comes from the word shaini. What does shaini mean? It means you have to double up. Right. So, but it doesn't write it that way. It doesn't write it that you mean a notion of doubling up. So, it changes it to veshinantim. So, therefore, the Gemara makes the darshan. Don't teach it doubled up. Teach it veshilaschem. You have to do it you have to do it with threes. now we'll see exactly what the thirds are we'll see that what exactly is but that's how the draw is cuz have written for and Chanisen would have marshmallow of doubling no it writes for because we don't want it to marshmallow doubling what do you want it to marshmallow not doubling but we want it to be mashma in thirds okay so it like this: al tikri don't read el Read It's because al tikri usually al tikri means change around the wording, but no, you're not changing it. But it means that's what's saying, because you didn't say veshanisem, you wrote veshinantan. What does it mean veshilashken? A person has to divide up his years. The simple understanding right now means means the third third, first third, of your life focus on Khumish. Shalajba Mishnah, the second third of your life, focus on Mishnah, and Talmud in a th- third uh, 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 period uh, time of your life, you should be Talmud. On that thing, when it says, Me, there coming." how do you know how long you're gonna live? How can you divide up your life that way? Who knows? How long you're gonna be living? So no, it's necessarily Yomi. Now, here we have a huge machlokas, Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. Let's take a look at the tosis inside. Alright? Logliomies the toss verse quotes Rashi. Rashi, by the way, whenever, uh, not, uh, but there's often Rashi called, to, ra, Tosus calls Rashi Kuntras. Why is Tosus called Rashi Kuntras? Back in the day, before the editors uh, uh, had placed Rashi on one side of the Gemara and Tosus the other side of it, Rashi was a pamphlet. It was a little booklet. Kuntras means a booklet. Right. So the booklet explains, the Kuntras, the pamphlet explains, because that's how they hand. So, so it's actually, there was, like three, or, there was three, at least three versions of Rashi. I, I once heard Wein Wine, says, sometimes he says Parish Rashi, sometimes it says Parish Kuntras, because it's referring to the different versions. And in fact, sometimes when you have contradictions in Rashi, they're not really contradictions. They're Rashi, one was the renewed version, one's the old version. But anyway, that's something to think about. But anyway, Peresh the Rashi explains, Yemei HaShabbos, means the way you divide up in thirds is the days of the week. Meaning, Klomash, Shnei Yomimikra, Sunday, Monday, you focus on Chodesh. Shnei yomim, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're focusing on Mishnah. Shnei yomim, gemorrah. And and Thursday, Friday will be guess Shabbat is Chazora, is review. you. That's, and, but says, that still doesn't answer the question. How do you know you're gonna live the whole week. That's not such a star kash. It's not as strong as the other one. How do you know how many euros you're going to live? But therefore, so it says, the learner here, it says, Toses doesn't seem correct to me. you could still ask the question, do you know how long you're going to end up living? So, therefore, it says Tosis, when it says you divide into three, it doesn't mean the days of the week, it means the hours of each day. Right? Right? And if, that you divide up means that every day there should be a portion of the day dedicated to Chumash, a portion of the day dedicated to Mishnah, and a portion of the day dedicated to Gemara. He says, Al Cain, the seder of, uh, seder of Amram. Rav Amram was one of the earliest siddurim. He put the Seder together. The Seder of Rav Amram going. He says, In the Seder, you look at the beginning of the Seder, as we have till today, there's always a little piece of Chumash, a little piece of Mishnah. And a little piece of Gemara In the state of the Korbonas, you look in the beginning, you find it. Divide it up. That's coming from the Surah of Rav Ammon. To fulfill this concept, you should have part of the day Mishnah, part of the day, part of the Mikra, part of the Mishnah, part of the Gamurah. All right, we'll say it is in the Surah Ammon. Go on. Before the Surah Zimra, you're already divided up into thirds right loma mikra mishnah of the gemara so now you know how that became part of the sitter like all of a sudden you start starting say the mishnah of 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 a Shir, uh, and then you go into the gemara why are we doing that because we're having part of mishnah is, is 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 mikra you have you have it's broken up so you fulfill this concept but this is the very this is key now rabbeinu tom piresh Rabbeinu Tam says... The yes. Say, yes. Rabbeinu Tam, finishing it up. We ourselves... I guess Rabbeinu Tam, it wasn't so big to say those things at the beginning of Tzuki Zimra. So what do we rely on? The Gemara says over here, you divide it up. He says, we rely on what the Gemara says in Sanhedrin. The Chol, uh, that, that bubble they the, 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 the new Talmud, right? The old Talmud was called the Palestinian Talmud, Talmud Yerushalmi, all right? He says, but there was a new Talmud, Talmud Bavli. Talmud called Bavli. It's Bavli, the word Bavel comes from the word Balal, to mix up. So he says, Belula, if you learn Gemara from Talmud Bavli, it's an infusion, it's a mixture of what? Of Mikra, Mishnah, and Gemara Right? The Gemara's Babel, the, the, so the Gemara's Babel, the Gemara Babel, Babel and the Kulim, has it all mixed in. So by studying regular Talmud Bavli nowadays, says Rabbein Tom, you fulfill the idea of doing part of your day Mikra, part of your day Mishnah, and part of your day Gemara. Okay, now you know the rest of the story. All right, let's go back to it. So this is the Fikach. now it's a new thing, we started with a new thing. So Liv Fikach says that the, uh, the early uh, scholars were known <coughs> as Sofrim. Now Sofrim usually could either mean a Sofer or Talmud but the one says no. they were called Sofrim for a different reason. Why were they called Sofrim? Because Sofrim also means from the word Misfar. What does Misfar mean? Misfar is a number, they would count. They used to count every letter, every word. They were now, they, they were. Shall you say in Torah? to count every letter of the Torah. Shall you They tell us that the vav um, of Gachin. Actually, if you look in the Torah, Gachin is written with a big vav. All right, the vav of Gachin is Torah. That represents halfway mark of the say Torah. And dorash uh, Dorash Moshe. You have Moshe went to Aaron and said, why wow. haven't you brought the Korvenchatas? That's Chetziah tables, that's half of the words of the Torah. Vizgalach, there's also the Gimel, is big over there. So Psukim, that's half of the Psukim in the Torah. That's uh, that Pasuk, the Ayin uh, of the Ya'ar, is Chetziah Shel Teibos, halfway up to Tehilen, avon, which is also Sefer tehillim, that's that's halfway av The Gmore has a very interesting question over here. You said that the Vav of Gohon is halfway of the letters of the Torah. Now, the problem is like this. The letters of the Torah, 58,000, whatever the numbers are, is, a, is an even number. Well, if it's an even number, then you can't have one letter being mamish in the middle. It's either going to belong to the first half or it's gonna belong to the second half. So when you say that the Vogue is halfway, what the moron wants to know, does halfway mean halfway part of the first half, or does halfway mean part of the second half? That's what the moron wants to know. The Mura says, Bai Rabyai says Vav the Gokan. The Vov of Gokhan Mihaygi Some Mehaig says it from the first half of the second half. So I'm Rulai Naizi Seifatira. So they told him, whoever Bai was asking this qu uh, Arab was asking this question to, They he said, let's open up a sepatira and let's start counting. So on a question that was the same idea. He says they didn't leave there. And, they brought and they counted. So do you ever answer that question? So it's the same thing. I'm a loser. yes. The problem is like this. They were well uh, they were experts. In the, there are certain letters that sometimes are missing from words, and certain letters are added. Chaser, and, and like we are, if like in, 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 our Nara is not Nara, not Nara, the hay is missing, right? Sometimes you have extra vav, or an extra yud. The problem is, we're not experts in it. And since we're not experts, it, you're not going to get a good count. Because should a letter be there, should not be there. So it's a very difficult concept, because it comes out that we've been asifrei toro, and how do we know that it's been written correctly? That's a big problem here. But anyway, so therefore, so since Anan Ledokin we're not well versed, the count won't. We won't help. But Rabbi that another This galach, right? We said that the the gimel of this galah that represents halfway of the psukim. Meagis again, same idea. Letters with a word, the psukim with the there's an even amount of psukim. So is the first half or the second half? He says, it's one thing to say we don't know all the letters, but what about verses? We should know all the verses, right? You look at every Parsha, every Parsha has always tells you exactly, they make a simon, how many verses in the Parsha. So let's count, we'll see, is it the first, is Galach part of the first half of the Torah? What's the second half of the Torah? So, this is also, that is, we're not as expert in the number of psukim either. What do you mean? This is. I'll prove it to you. The of When Rav Achav Bar came to Bovel, from Eretz Yisrael. Amar, he said like this: that there's a pasuk that in Babel it's written as three psukim, and in, in Eretz Yisrael, they read it as three psukim. In Babel it's read as one long posuk. Amar Kro, the says, So the whole posseh continues on. That Hashem I'm coming to you in the thickness of the cloud. that people should listen to me when I speak to you. That posseh, okay, in Sefer Shmos in Bovel, they read it, the Balkhari read it as one long posseh. You go to Eretz Yisrael and you hear the Balkorah read it, he reads as three psukim. What's the point that Rabbi Yosef is pointing out? That even psukim, we're not necessarily experts in knowing which psukim and how they should be divided. Therefore, to count up and figure is Galach part of the first half or the second half is also not really within our ability. Why? Because you're not sure if count it as one is three. Correct. Correct. So Moisef is like this. So therefore, right, so therefore so uh, so he said Chameshes alafim P'sukim habi P'sukim Sefer Torah. Now there is different girsous about whether this is the right numbers or not. We'll just read the way it's written. 5,888 P'sukim in the Sefer Torah. Yes sir, Allah, Dalem Shmona. And Sefer Dalem is eight more. And again over here we have the taste of the Shonim says, what does that mean? How could it be that there's more P'sukim in Sefer Tehillim? Then, uh, so the, the marsha says, is that the one said before, that we don't have an accurate counting in, 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 and therefore it could be that the way we divide it up is not the right way of dividing it. But somehow it comes out that sefer Tehillim has eight more Psukim than Tsever Tehillim. Chaz and Divraya Yomim, which is the book of Chronicles, has eight Psukim p'suk, eight less than what the Torah has. Tan Ravonu learnt in Avrisa, Shinantam. what does it mean, shinantam? Shi'edivre in the bep'echa. Shinantam means that the way you uh, have to study the Torah, the word shinun also means sharp. It means like, sharp means that you, it's it's clear, it's crystallized. Your learning has to be in your mouth crystallized. one time and then go on, alright? therefore that means any person who comes to ask you something about something you have studied says, don't 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 mumble and try answer him you shall have a, a the, the clarity of your learning in such a way that you can answer the question immediately as the positive says says in, um, in Mishle Say to wisdom, you are my sister. Right? she says, say to wisdom, so you are my sister. The same way as a person has complete clarity that his sister is off limits, is prohibited to him. That's how your wisdom should be. With that level of clarity that you're able to say over your Torah in such a way with that level of clarity. Uh, the, uh, the Omer and similarly we find the positive says shartem you shall tie them somewhere the Torah shall be tied to your fingers and and they shall be inscribed in the heart of your the tablet of your heart which means your Torah has to be in your hands in your heart you need to have your Torah clear the Omer and similarly it says kechitzim Ya gibor kem urim that like the arrows that are in the hand of the archer, so too are the children of your youth. Which means, basically, is your children here with your students. The way you have to teach your students is that their Torah for them is like, like, like the arrows, meaning they 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 have complete mastery over their learning. That's so you have to make sure the kid shouldn't leave the class until the knows it. The same way as the archer has mastery over his arrows. For Omer and similarly, it says Chitzecha Shinunim Amin. Your arrows are sharp. Amin Taftecha Yiplu. And uh, nations, what's that? We missed the pasuk Chitzei Yiplu Shinunim. I'm sorry. For Omer Chitzei Gibor Shinunim. The sharp arrows of a warrior. Again, it's referring to the quality of Torah, the sharpness of Torah to be like the warrior with his arrows. For Omer Chitzecha Shinunim. Your arrows are sharp. Amin Taftecha Yiplu. And nations will fall before you that if you have your Torah at that level, no one can stand up against your nations. And it also says, Asher HaShem, Mehem. Praiseworthy is the person who has filled his quiver. Quiver is where you keep the arrows on, the, on your back. He says, Filled Ki That they're able to, your um, they should not be embarrassed when they speak with their enemy Bashar in, in the gate. So we'll see what the way it's is referring to is if you raise Talnidin, that they're not embarrassed when they go into base medrash, you walk into a base marriage, someone who's like about, like, who's, 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 who's never been into a base marriage before, like a guy's never been from, and you walk and you see, you see people killing each other, like, screaming at each other like, it becomes like, it's a Mohammed, there's a war. So if you have raised students that can go into the war zone, and they can hold their own, praiseworthy is such, and that's, that's the way that is understanding the My Ma'ayim Mishal, what does it mean that he's not ashamed when they speak with their enemy, uh, in the gate, what does that mean? ha'afilu that means that even a close relationship of father and son or Rabbi Tamido talmid, or a student and his Rebbe when you walk into a base medrash and you see them studying uh, when and they're studying in one gate, they're studying together in the base medrash nazin initially they start fighting, you're passionate about your learning, you're passionate about the truth so then you go at it, you're fighting with each other, they become enemies but this is the key but they don't leave their place until they change from being enemies to becoming friends with one another as the posh says that the posh is the pasuk, we, we, we're learning of Pedrush but it says over there that the Al Thangomar b um bash Muhammad Hashem, so shall be recorded in the book of the wars of God of Hashem, Esbah <speaking in Hebrew> Basuf, the positive lens Esvahav Basufa, that the uh <speaking in Hebrew> at the end. But the way the, whatever the, the simple of the positive is, but the way we're dashing it, there'll be Muhammad <speaking in> Hashem, <Hebrew> but at the end, the Sofa, Esvahav is a lesson of Ava. There'll be Ava, <speaking> Al <in> decree <Hebrew> Basufa Ella, Basofha, Basofa, there will be Ahava. <speaking in Hebrew>. <speaking in Hebrew> That means, that's how Torah should be studied. You're passionate about it, and you fight over it, but you get to the truth, and then you love each other for allowing you both to develop the truth from, from your learning. Tarah we learned in Ebrism. The Samtem says that you shall place, says, uh, Samten, uh, that the Torah. The Torah, uh, you shall place the Torah upon your hearts. So therefore, That's the Pasuk in Krishna, referring to Torah. To be placed on your hearts and on your souls. The Gemara looks at uh, the word Vesamtim as a contraction of two words. What is Vesamtim? Says the Gemara, Sam, Tom. Sam, Tom is a perfect medicine. Sam is a medicine, Tom is perfect. So therefore, like this Nimshu Hayim, the Torah is compared to a life-giving medicine when I compare it to a person so the father gave him a, 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 a huge clap, a blow right, and, and, and wounded him then the father uh, puts a, a, a bandage on the wound and he says to his son as long as this bandage is on your wound you can eat what you want to eat you can drink what you want to drink but, and you can bathe either in cold or hot or cold water. You don't have to worry. But if you take off the bandage, then it's going to have growth. It's going to get infected. is the wound. I've given you this wound. You have this wound. It's the Yei But you have an antidote. What's the antidote to the wound? is the bandage for it is the Torah. As long as you study Torah, you're not delivered into the hands of the Yetzirah. Hashem said to Cain, says as long as if you continue to correct yourself, you'll be elevated. Right, you, 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 you do you work on yourself, you consider the grave, then you'll be elevated above the Yetzirah. But if you don't study Torah and you don't work on elevating yourself, then, then you are given over to the hand. So basically, Torah is the protection from the Yetzirah. That the Yetzirah waits at the door, it waits at the entrance. You open the door and you let it in. So then you're going to let it in. But you can keep it out by studying Torah. And not only though, this Yei that the created, that its main focus is on you. The Yei is just waiting for that crack. He's waiting for the ability to come and get you. So his desire, his entire desire is on you, is to try and get you. But if you want, you can control it. That you can conquer it. But how do you conquer it? Through the study of Torah. That the you see how severe it is is that even Baruch Baruchu refers to Yetzirah as Ra. Hashem calls it Ra. The one who created it calls it evil. All right? Where do we see Hashem call the Yetzir, Ki Yetzir ha Adam rak minu Hashem said that the Yetzir of a person is evil from his youth. So you see that he's referring to Yetzir as Ra. Am Rab Yetzir shal Adam that a person's Yetzirah renews each day, comes up with new ideas, it comes with renew each day to try and get him that he's only evil the entire day, referring to Yetzahor against the person. That a person's Yetzahor over, tries to overpower the person every day and wants to destroy the person. The wicked one, uh, a, a, a supervisor, looks over the righteous person and looks for every way to destroy him. Without his assistance we would not be able to withstand the wiles of the Yetzirah. Hashem will not allow us to be left in his hands. We just need to ask Hashem to give us that support. it's like this. Somebody asks somebody, what's the relationship of, how does it work? He gives you Torah and mitzvahs, and then in order to make it a challenge, so he can reward you, he gives the Yetzirah, and that becomes a challenge. From this Gemara, it's not—it's clear, not like that. The first creation wasn't the Torah, and then the Yetzirah. first creation was the, the Yetzirah, and then the Torah is there to deal with the Yetsa'harah. That's not how you would normally have thought, right? You know, the thing Hashem gives the Torah, and then in order to be able to reward us, challenge us with the Yetzirah. No. because as so he says like this. You see that the word is that we need the Sahara. If a person doesn't have the Yetsa'harah, the Sahara is what channels a person. When says the person has a greater greater Yetzirah, has a greater level of Torah, because it's the drives of the Sahara channeled correctly. What the Torah does is channels those drives into positive things but if you didn't have it then you wouldn't be able to grow at all so it's really the atzohar is the primary creation channeled by the torah and not the other not the other way around and what it means by the way, he says it means that they try to that's really where self-destructive behavior comes from. Self-destructive behavior comes from. The eight tells a person you're worthless, you're nothing, and you know, and that person <coughs> wants to be self-destructive. That's So that's what the eight is does to make you self-destructive. You need a channel. No, I I can grow, I can, that that's the that's the battle. shmo. my son, in if there's disgusting one, the eight has uh, encountered you, mashkel of medrash. Shlep into the base medrash. In even who, if he's a stone, nimuach the study of Torah will dissolve him. In Barzalu, if he's coming to you like metal, so then his fault says he will shatter. Shenemar Are my words not like fire? Says Hashem. Kapatis like a hammer shatters the rock. If who if the eight is like a is like like a stone it gets dissolved. Torah is considered those who are thirsty should go to water. The Torah is considered like water. Water wears down the stone. Water can wear out the stone, so therefore water takes care of the etzorah. All right. If in fact uh, it comes to you, uh, where's the face? Right. All right. Anyway, bye. Let's go on. We said a bride before the five things that a father has to do for the son. Now, one of them was he has to marry him off. So how do we know that there is an obligation to marry off your children? What well, it says, the Pasuk says like this, the Pasuk in to Take wives, and they should give birth, uh, uh, and have sons and daughters. And then for your sons, you should take wives, and your daughter should give over to their husbands. So you see, there's an obligation not only to give your daughter over to her husband, you also have to take wives for your sons. So Mar says like this: Bishlam I understand how a father marries off a son, but But how is it within your hands for a father to marry off a daughter? Now, what exactly is the, the? So Rashi says over here is that generally a man takes the initiative, man goes out looking for a wife. So the same way as a man can go, the father can go looking for a wife, but the the, the wife herself, it, it's, she doesn't go looking for a husband. Similar. So therefore, so what does it mean? The man goes looking for a. It's 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 the husband that goes looking for the wife, not the, the So how do you ensure that somebody comes looking for your daughter? Right. What are you supposed to do about that? So why it says like this? This is a way to deal with it. Someone says, "Elabito viado, how's it within your ability to marry off your daughter? Hachikamele, this is what the Navi, your meow, is telling us. Nitin law, miyado. you've got to give your assets up. You have to allocate some of your assets to the daughter, and if you get assets to the daughter, it makes her attractive. As for the husband, and then the husband's going to want to come and marry her. So make her dress her up nice, and, and give her different assets, ki that people will jump at wanting to marry her. The lambda umnus. Alright? Teach him a craft. You have to teach him a skill, right? How do we know there is such an obligation? So, amakro, Im asher and the simple project says that you shall see that you have a life with the wife, with the woman whom you love, who you love. Now the I Murrah mean, is going to understand that you shall have a life means that you should have a livelihood. You're able to support. Right? So Murrah says like this. Now, if you take the verse literally, and it means that you want to have a life with the woman who you love. So then you understand it, that's Boshy. In order to be able to have a life with the woman who you lie, love, how could you have a life with the woman? You, you have to be able to support her. So therefore from there you see there's an obligation to ensure, right? You have an obligation to marry over your son. You also have to make sure that you have an obligation to ensure that the son is able to do what? Work. Support the wife. That you're marrying off to her. So therefore, in Isha, if David's literally some of a wife, so Mishkashem see Isha, just as you are getting to marry off your husband to a wife. So therefore, your daughter, your son to a, a wife. You have to teach him a craft, a skill, that he's able to support this wife entirely. Now the some say Ra'ichayim in Isha doesn't refer to Isha doesn't refer to wife, it refers to the study of Torah. Right? But it also means the same thing. It means like this. So therefore, in Torah, kashem means the way to understand the positive. Jeh says you have an obligation to teach your son Torah, to spiritually, to ensure that he'll be okay. So too, you also have to ensure that what? Financially he'll be okay. The only way to ensure he'll be financially okay is what? Is if you give him the skills, the ability to do so. Okay. Now, some says you also a father has an obligation to teach a child to swim. <coughs> My time, what's the reason for that? Moses it's, life, it's, it's a, his life depends on it. I mean, in, not knowing how to swim could be the difference between life and death. So obviously, a father has to make sure that a child knows how to swim. Hmm? No, no, I agree. So, Moses is like this. Rabbi you the, um, Rabbi Yehuda said as follows. Uh, he says, uh, he, added, "He said that if you don't teach your son a skill, a craft, you've taught him robbery." Someone says, "Listos sagadaita?" Do you actually mean you taught, you're not teaching him robbery? But it means no. listos. It's as if you have taught him robbery. It means you have to give him the ability to support himself. Because if not, you're actually encouraging him to try and do things he's not supposed to do, and therefore it's like teaching him robbery. Now, so, the wants to know, there's was, there was a quote, it's a quote from before. Now, the Mura wants to know, what's he adding? The Tanakhama says that the father is obligated to ensure that the child will be fin- financially take, take uh, uh, a stand for himself. Rabbi Yehuda says, and Rabbi Yehuda said that if you don't teach him uh, 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 the. Uh, uh, ability to be financially independent, it's like you're teaching him robbery. What's he adding? Tanaka is the obligated. What is the difference between them? So when it says, what is the difference between them? It's a very interesting thing. What if you don't actually teach him a skill or a craft, but you teach him how to do business? Sell, uh, sell high, buy low, means you're teaching him how to play the stock market, right? Right. So says is like this. So he says that's the difference. Meaning like this. According to Tanakama, you have to make sure he can support himself. One of the ways a person can support himself is through business. It doesn't have to be like you're actually learning. Sometimes he's like an electrician, a plumber, a doctor. You don't have to. As long as you're teaching him a skill that he can write. According to Rabbi Hood, it's not enough because what happens when the market goes bad? Meaning it needs to be a skill. It has to be a craft because if you don't teach him a craft, there are gonna be times that you can't rely on the business. You can't rely on it, and that's when it could still lead to robberies. It's very interesting. Going to Tana Huda? no. Don't teaching him how to go to business, that's not teaching him. You have to teach him something actually that no matter how the economy is, he'll still be able to make it. That's a fascinating machlotis. Let's go back to him ben. So we had the first half was mitzvahs ha'av ala'av. <coughs> now we have the second half of the statement was mitzvahs ha'av ala'ben. Both men and women are high. Now the woman is going to go the same kind of back and forth like we had before. My mitzvahs ha'av ala'ben. What does it mean the mitzvahs are of the father on the son? Now, mitzvah ima mitzvahs ha'av ala'ben. Maybe mitzvah is the things that the father has to do for the son. So it says like this, that can't be, because then you're going to tell me, because here it says, women are obligated. If it's things that the father has to do for a son, we learned that what? Those things actually women are potter from where the or five things we said they have to do and it says Aviv in only the father email not the mother so therefore obviously that's not what it means so those mitzvahs of the, that are on the father that means that tell us those mitzvahs of the father that the son has to do for the father then not only does uh, a, a son have to do for the father. The daughter also has an obligation to do for her parents as well. So the says, And the that supports uh, what we learned in our mishnah from the following b'raissa. What does it say? Ish imov ve'aviv tiro. Ish. It says, "Ish." Ish is mashma man, and the ela ish. I only know that the reverence for a parent is on the man. How do I know that reverence on the, that there's a reverence? That the daughter has an obligation to have reverence for her parents. Because shomati the tiro is in the plural. Ish tiro. Why does it switch to plural? Because it's not only including the man, but it also includes what the woman as well. Someone says it like this. So why do it that way? Why not start off saying that both a man and a woman are have to have reverence for their parents? Why does it say a man has to have reverence? Tirol and includes a wife on the back end. To so, me, ish, then why are you starting off with the ish? So it says like this, because generally, a woman has, does not, when she gets married, her focus, she has responsibilities to her husband, to her children. She doesn't have time to go ahead and have reverence for her parents. The man is a free agent; like he can go. So therefore, the, it, it, then since it's primarily going to be by the ish, not that the woman's not obligated, but she doesn't have as many opportunities. That's why it does it. That she's chayev on the back end. But really, uh, it focuses more on the ish. Why is it focused on the ish? So ish within his capacity to be able to fulfill this obligation to his parents. But isha She's not. does not have that capacity as much because she has the responsibilities of others upon her: her father, her husband, her. her. Or her children I'm ready bar oven I'm when a woman becomes divorced and she no longer has obligations to her husband then she has the same obligations as the as the man does to her parents the woman has as well same shop they're equal kind of a Linda rice damar cover so if use the ocean of Kabe respect Honor your father and mother. The Namra also it says by Hashem, Hashem You have to honor Hashem with your property. So now, since you use the same terminology, The Torah is. Uh, uh, is, is equating the honor that you have to honor your parents with the same as the honor you have to honor HaKadosh Baruch And similarly, Ish Av You have to revere, you have to have, uh, have, literally fear, but revere your father and mother. Hashem You have to fear and serve Hashem. Again, using the same washing of, of Yirah. Again, we are equating the Yirah that you have to have for Hashem with the Yirah you with, with, with your parents as you have to have for Hashem. And the third thing it says, "Nemar mekalu aviv iman mostimast." Then if you curse your mother and father, you should put to death. But nemar ish ish any person kia akalu lelokom that curses his God, the nasachetoh, uh, he will bear his sin, and he positive he'll actually be put to death. So aishvah kasev birchas av, birchas ahamakom. The cursing it's because of Russian positive. They don't say the negative uh, with the kodesh baruchet. It's euphemistic. So there it compares birchas av to the birchas of hamakom. So therefore, your three ways—they you see that they, if they you equate the honor, the reverence, the, the how careful we have to be with our parents, with our and, and and what do we learn from this? So therefore, like this. So the murder says, the fourth way you don't have a comparison. Al vada but striking or hitting you don't have the same thing. Why? Because it says you can't strike your parents, but it wouldn't be able to say the what. Try Don't cry, Hashem. I can't say that. So therefore, Yehoshua can't make it the fourth way. But then, but logically, they should be equated. So Shloshdan, Shloshdan should taf in both because they're three partners in every uh, in in every child. Rashi brings down the last Rashi on the on the on the page. Shloshdan should taf in him. Mefarsh mebrays mesefas nida explains mesefas nida. Ish mazria loved the man supplies the white parts of the body for the child. Ishav mizrass odem shabah she supplies the red parts of the body. HaGadosh Baruch Hu He blows in the neshama, the soul, Mara and the vision, Shmias Ozen, the ability to listen, the Dibur, and the ability to speak. But it means that literally, physically, there's three partners in every child. And therefore, since they're all equal partners in some level, the same levels of respect and hira and reverence goes across for all three partners. And this is something unbelievable. So when it says, When a person honors his parents, a person shows honor to his parents, I consider it as if I was living among them and they honored me as well. Meaning, it's very interesting is that shalom bias. we always think like this, we always say, shalom bias impacts on the kids. But you see Kiber aim impacts on the shalom Ba'is. Hashem says, if the parents, the kids are showing Kiber aim that's a, that's a relationship I want to be part of. Rashid brings down the more Ishva Isha, the Yud and the Hay, he, he brings up, he says, then, then I am considered like I'm part of that household. But if there's no there, there's no Kiber aim from the kids, I want nothing to do with that relationship. I want out of it and it will not be shalom Ba'is. we will stop with me.